Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Bald Face Truth. That's it for now. And uh, I'm freaking jacked. I'm fired up. I'm not tired. I'm not worn down. Uh, you, you guys tried your best. You didn't wear me out. I'm, you know, it's the end of the season. I'm supposed to be, you know, go lay on a cot somewhere. I ain't feeling like that. And, uh, um, you know, there's what's coming. I don't know. I got no idea. And I really don't care right now. But uh, I do. Um, I'm excited about it because there's a lot to learn. There's a lot to study. Uh, there's a there's some great discoveries that are going to come our way. And as my, my all-time mentor, Bud Grant, said, not in so many words, uh, there's, there's rivers to wade, uh, there's waves to catch, and there's mountains to hike. And uh, it wasn't exactly how Bud said it, but uh, I get it. And uh, that's some cool stuff that we're going to do here. Um, and uh, I look forward to all that. Pete Carroll in his farewell news conference yesterday in Seattle, out with the Seahawks. Now uh, the city of Seattle, Seahawks fans, Huskies fans, in a uh, in a blunder as Kalen DeBoer's name has surfaced as uh, a possible replacement for Nick Saban at Alabama. Here to talk about it all, Adam Jude, Seattle Times, friend of this show. You know him. You love him. Used to work in Eugene. Used to work in Portland. Adam, thanks for making time. What has it been like in the last 24 hours there? Oh, my gosh. Just think about the last, you know, 72, you know, 100 hours around here um, from the highest of the highs uh, for football fans here. The Huskies, uh, you know, Monday afternoon preparing to play Michigan in the national title game. Uh, lowest of the lows. You know, they walked off the field there in Houston, dejected, obviously, falling short there of, of winning their first national championship in, in 32 years. And um, But, you know, the perspective of that, if you're a Husky fan, obviously a, a tremendous season. You've got to a uh, young, exciting, up-and-coming coach and, and coaching staff. Um, and then all of a sudden you turn 36 hours later and uh, there's such an overlap, of course, with Husky fans and Seahawks fans and sort of the stunning news yesterday, Pete Carroll is out. Um, at, you know, we started to get some rumblings of it, started to get uh, hints of that feeling on, on Tuesday night, but for it to really happen Wednesday morning uh, was certainly a shock to the system, I think, for just about everybody here in Seattle. I, I really thought, Pete had kind of earned that, you know, that opportunity to go out on his terms whenever he felt it was right. And, you know, for him to effectively get fired, I mean, that's really what happened. Um, again, just really, really a shock to the system for everyone here. And um, still kind of processing it, to be, to be honest. He's such an institution up here. You know, it's such a great run at USC. You think about all the success he had there. He's been here in Seattle even longer, and I would argue the run here to do it in the NFL – uh, to do it with uh, the cast of characters that he's had to run through over the last 14 years. I'd say it's uh, even more impressive than what he was able to do at USC uh, just because of the stakes and because of the, uh, to do it at the, at the highest level here. So it's, it's an interesting time here in Seattle. And all of a sudden, again, you turn around yesterday, and as you mentioned, Caleb DeBoer now uh, right in the thick of the, the Alabama coaching search too. Uh, obviously just a ton of rumors. You're trying to separate facts from fiction at this point, but, uh, that's just where we're at in the early stages of this Alabama search, and it makes a ton of sense that Caleb DeBoer, given the success he's had not only here in, in Seattle the last two years, but every stop he's ever been in, his name's going to be at the forefront of, of every coaching search, whether it's the Seahawks or whether it's Alabama here going forward. So fascinating time in here, here in Seattle, that's for sure. Drilling down on Pete Carroll, I mean, you hear him talking there about the energy, the enthusiasm. He never 
looked like a guy who was ready to go. It, how did the firing go over with fans? Or, or, are there a faction of fans upset about this? Um, did people think, oh, it's it's the right move, but they handled it wrong? What's the general sentiment that you're hearing? Yeah, that's the right question, and I, I love that you just played that clip too, leading into this because that's quintessential Pete Carroll, isn't it? Like he's 72 years old, but he might be the youngest. 72 year old that's ever lived i mean he's perpetually in the mode of like a kindergartner who just had their first you know piece of cotton candy he's just he's on full blast all the time it's so natural for him it's just who he is he exudes that all the time and if you spend three minutes around him you you get that feeling too and it's pretty contagious that said um really these last couple years uh, they've been kind of stuck in the mud obviously there was two years ago huge shakeup um with the with the russell wilson trade um, another shocking development up here. And then for the Seahawks to be able to rebound with Geno Smith, such a great story last year, for them to go 9-8 and eight and just make the playoffs when everyone else assumed they'd be one of, one of, if not the worst teams in the NFL last year, um, was really probably one of his best coaching seasons ever. Um, and so that kind of raised the bar coming into this year. They fell short. Um, they've had a really good couple of drafts, but they've got this young nucleus coming in that, for whatever reason, you just weren't getting those same vibes um, that we got from that Legion of Boom era. Not just the talent on the field, of course. That's a huge you know, bar for, for any, any defense to try to live up to that Legion of Boom era. But it's more just a personality and, and those players being in tune with kind of Pete's aura and what he's all about. Um, because he's in this era of player empowerment, right? He gives the players more power than probably any coach who's ever lived. And it's easy to take that for granted if you're a player – and I do think that's kind of what happened here these last couple of years. They weren't all pulling the same direction all the time. Um, the attention to detail has never really been Pete Carroll's strength. Um, maybe that's a little oversimplified. But, again, it, 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 what he's always been about is just giving the players, trying to bring out the best in them individually and then bring that all together as a team. And, again, for whatever reason, you just weren't getting those same vibes here the last couple of years. Just some weird stuff. And, you know, the Jamal Adams trade really backfired on these guys. Some of the young guys, just again, just, you're just not feeling in tune. So I do feel like the fan base here in the last year or so was starting to feel like is, is the aura of Pete Carroll starting to starting to wear off a little bit. And then obviously ownership here, Jody Allen, uh, was obviously starting to feel the same thing. And I, I do give her a ton of credit for making this move. You know, a lot of people see her not, not really sure. You know, same thing with the Trailblazers down there. Not really sure what direction, uh, what her vision is for the franchise going forward. A lot of people assume she's going to sell. She has to sell based on Powell Allen's will um, here, in the, here in the near future. But she's really taken ownership of this. She made a bold move two years ago and decided to trade Russell Wilson, and here she, here she makes another one. She's all in. She's invested, whether that's only the short term. Um, I, think, I think this has a chance to, to really pave a, a clear path forward, and obviously she's taken ownership of this, and, and we'll see what, where it where where it leads but it's a bold move no doubt about that are people nervous because you know she has done the same with the blazers it hasn't gone well do our seahawks fans looking down to portland going hey let's not end up where they are i think that's a fair question i but i don't get that sense at all no i think the seahawks are kind of in their own bubble in their own little stratosphere here obviously it's been such a great um, you know, 12, 14 year run here. Um, they got to those back-to-back Super Bowls. Um, they got to the highest, the highest. The expectations are still really high for this franchise. And I, I don't think there, there's some trepidation just in that, again, 
people. Jody Allen obviously is not very public. Um, I don't think anyone knows what her voice would be. She, you know, she hopped on the radio. I'm not sure anyone would know that it that was actually her. Um, <laughs> at the same time, you know, it's it's um, you know the fans have their own expectations, and I do feel like you know it's kind of fan base divided here over the last year or two, where it felt like this was a franchise treading water. There was no clear path forward. Where are we going? What are we doing? You know, we have an older coach. Maybe he's lost his touch a little bit. Um, but, again, to me, more than Jody Allen, this says a lot about John Schneider, the Seahawks general manager here. Again, Pete Carroll had uh, autonomy with this with this whole thing. He ran this whole franchise. He ran this whole program, even when Paul Allen was here. Pete had final say on every personnel decision. That said, John Schneider – um, is a well-regarded general manager here. They've been together for 14 years. It was an arranged marriage 14 years ago that could have gone sideways. These guys had no prior relationship. They didn't know each other. Somehow they became really close, and they made this thing work. Obviously, they didn't agree on every transaction or every draft pick, but Pete Carroll at every turn made sure John Schneider was getting the credit that he that he deserved and that you know people knew that John Schneider ran their draft. And they've, they've had a really strong couple last couple of drafts, after some dips there about five, six years ago, John Schneider's going to take over now. This is his baby. Um, he's going to drive the bus now. He's going to hire a coach that will ostensibly report to him. And this is all about John Schneider to me. Um, he's proven he's got the chops. And now he's going to, you know, the most important decision he'll ever make is go finding Pete Carroll's successor. It's a lot of pressure, and he's got to get it right. He can't get this wrong. Adam Jude, Seattle Times with us. I want to pivot to the University of Washington you know, as the Seahawks are looking for a coach, the Huskies are hoping they don't have to. Jen Cohen, the former AD, now uh, at USC. Kalen DeBoer, I kind of wonder. Michael Penix leaving. Is this the right time for DeBoer to be exploring things? How serious is all this talk that you hear out there nationally about DeBoer in Alabama? Yeah, I'm fascinated to see the next, you know, maybe even just the next few hours where this all plays out. Certainly next 24 hours, I'd expect we'd get some sort of clarity on this. But, you know, if you're Kalen DeBoer coming off the national championship game, coming off a, you know, 25-2 and two run here the last two years, 25-3 and three after the loss on Monday night, you know, your your star is never going to be brighter than it is right now. He made, what, $4.2 million here this year at UW, the best bargain in recent history in college football. Um, there's no doubt about it that he's going to go out there and double his salary if he were just to stay at UW. Now he might go triple his salary if he plays his cards right and if his agent, Jimmy Sexton, plays their cards right. Um, you know, you play the Alabama game, maybe the, you know, rumored interest from the Seahawks. Who knows? Um, there's plenty of opportunities out there. If Jim Harbaugh leaves for the NFL, there's another opening, big-time opening. Michigan would be crazy not to at least explore uh, DeBoer as well. Uh, his name's going to be out there for the next couple weeks uh, as the coaching carousel really picks up steam. And so um, ultimately, where does that leave him? I don't know. I don't have a good relationship, close relationship with DeBoer. Um, I'm fascinated to see what happens. He was only at Fresno State for one year, jumped over to, to UW. You know, if he wants to get to the, to, to the top, if he wants to have a chance to win a national championship, compete for a national championship every year, he should probably go to Alabama at the same time. He has no ties. He's never really recruited in the South. He's kind of a, you know, under the radar, low key, Midwestern type guy. How will that personality fit in the SEC? I think that's a really fair question. And if you're Greg Burns at Alabama right now, that's probably your big question. Is that personality, is that, um, uh, you know, sort of soft spoken type guy really going to fit uh, with the culture in Alabama and go, go up against, you know, the cutthroat world there in the South? Um, I don't know. But I do know Kalen DeVore can coach. 
and he can pro- probably coach wherever you land him, wherever he drops in at any any stop in the country. And so I'm fascinated to see where, where that all shakes out here in the next day or two. Is there any kind of synergy between these two jobs? Meaning, uh, you know, if DeBoer leaves, is Pete Carroll a, uh, a candidate at Washington? Is DeBoer a candidate <laughs> with the Seahawks? Like, could they trade jobs? <laughs> just, just flip spots. Um, man, uh, I don't see it happening, but that's that's really fun to think about. Um, you know, that's the fascinating part, too, of, of Pete Carroll. And his talking yesterday again. He's I'm not tired. He came out and said it. He's. I don't think he'll ever be tired. He'll be on a deathbed, and he'll probably pop up. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not tired, guys. I, I got one more run in me. Um, who knows? I mean, I, I think Pete Carroll is going to take a week or two here, kind of catch his breath, figure out what just happened, and then he'll probably get right back on it. You know, the Seahawks, Jody Allen, I think they, they tried to do the, the respectful thing yesterday in the announcement. They tried to do the classy thing and say, you know, it wasn't a firing. They never used that word, or we've, we've parted ways. Um, they just said he was no longer going to be the coach and they'd like him to stick around in an advisory role. I just don't know if that's Pete Carroll's, you know, MO. That's just not who he is. He's not destined to be ever in the background and, and, and just advising someone. He's got too much energy. He's got too much history. He's got to be out there out front. So whatever prominent job is out there, I could see people linking him to him, whether they're just throwing crap against the wall, just to, just to try to get some clicks. You never know, but. Um, I do think he'll be intrigued uh, to kind of see what's out there and see what opportunities he might be able to land because uh, in his mind, he's not done yet. And uh, I think he's going to explore some opportunities and see what he can get. What kind of coach does do the Seahawks need? That's a great question. And again, with John Schneider running this thing and the great relationship he had with Pete Carroll the last 14 years, you know, they have a culture here, and, and that word gets thrown around and overused a lot, but the Seahawks, for about 90% of the NFL, are, are really the envy of just about everybody because they had a culture here with Pete Carroll um, that was unique, that was different, that players wanted to come here, and then they'd come here and be like, oh, my gosh, this this really is different. I love playing for this guy. I've, I've never had so much fun playing football. We hear that over and over again to the point where, again, it just kind of got cliche and and you roll your eyes a little bit at it at times, but it, but it was true with so many different guys saying it over the years. So to me, I think they're going to look at a guy like Dan Quinn, who's been in the system here, coached that Legion of Boom defense, um, is a lot like Pete Carroll in a lot of ways, a defensive first guy with a lot of energy, a lot of respect from the players. And that's why you, that was the first name you saw yesterday. Dan Quinn, former Seahawks defensive coordinator. He's the Cowboys defensive coordinator right now. Him and John Schneider have a close relationship. And, and again, I think it would allow John Schneider to step up as sort of the, the president of football operations and really kind of take charge of the, the football side of things and, and let Dan Quinn take charge of the coaching end of things. That said, there are other intriguing guys out there too. The Seahawks have to look at some offensive guys as well. You look at you know the Rams and the 49ers and the offensive coaches that are kicking their butt year in and year out here. Um, maybe the Seahawks decide, you know what, we, we 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 can't stop them. We got to keep up with them, and I think that's an option too to find the next up and coming young uh, offensive mind and, and really lean into that and kind of pivot a little bit. But ultimately, I think they're first first going to look at a guy like Dan Quinn just kind of keep keep the momentum going with what they've had here the last decade plus with Pete Carroll and kind of keep those similar vibes going here. Adam Jude, Seattle Times, get back to work. Uh, somebody may have been fired or hired <laughs> while you were talking to me. You I appreciate know. you, man. I, I, <laughs> I'll be refreshed into it, that's for sure. Thanks, John.
Good to see you. All right, there there he goes. Taking the temperature in Seattle. We'll unpack that, plus give you the latest. Dan Lanning coming up at 420. I want you to text during this commercial break. Text a friend. Text a Duck fan. Text a casual observer and say, hey, catch Lanning on the BFT 420 coming up. No two days are ever the same. My days are like fingerprints. Somebody asked me today, what's a typical day for you? Well, I... uh, I wake at about, oh, 5.30, help get the kids, especially the uh, 7-year-old and 9-year-old, kind of going, 7-year-old in particular. Um, there's a cup of coffee involved. There's a lot of, uh, on a day like today, Dan Lanning, uh, reaching out to Dan Lanning, reaching out to other coaches in college football who might know what's going on, athletic directors trying to find out how serious uh, his non-response was, I had an inkling that Lanning was not going anywhere, not doing anything. I, I had an inkling that he's committing to Oregon. He was going to be with the Ducks. You know, he said that. I believe him when he said it. believe him even more now. Um, did reach Dan Lanning directly at about 7.30, and he told me something coming at 9 a.m., and he left it there. And I took that to mean he was probably staying because you don't say 9 a.m. and then you'll know, get a bunch of leaks in Alabama he's gone he's gone he's gone so when nothing you know it was like 8:55. I tipped Stephen off I said hey Stephen you know something coming maybe at 9 a.m. involving landing and but my hunch was he was staying and he was going to triple down I guess on his desire to let people know he was in um, then uh, obviously 9 a.m. came and there was a little announcement in the video and uh, I got cracking writing and posted a column at johnconzano.com. I encourage you to check it out. It's kind of on the business of coaching, the changing landscape of sports, and Dan Lanning's, you know, you know, is it time to believe Dan Lanning when he says he's not going anywhere? Like, is it safe to believe if you're an Oregon fan or an Oregon State fan, for crying out loud? Is it safe to believe these guys? And so wrote that column, posted it, promoted it on the socials, if you follow me on Instagram or TikTok or uh, Facebook, you know you saw that promoted. Then I uh, jumped on a call with uh, the big boss man in the radio world, the president of the uh, Portland market, Robert Dove, welcoming him to the fold. Known him for 17 years. Uh, really uh, appreciate his leadership. Uh, talked to him for a while. Then, then had a meeting with the other boss, Anna, and uh, we talked about stuff, household stuff. And then uh, all the while I'm prepping the show and trying to get Dan Landing to commit to coming on the show. And he was in and out of meetings, in and out of meetings. And I'm like, look, you know, you, we're supposed to talk yesterday. If you don't have time, you don't have time. And he's like, hey, I get out of my meeting at 4. And I said, 4.20. He said, done. Dan Landing coming up at 4.20. Um, then I said, you know what? We need somebody else. We need somebody in the Seattle market to speak to this Kalen DeBoer nonsense. Or is it? Adam Jude, Seattle Times, you just heard him. Great stuff. Uh, appreciate everybody who listens to the show, but what you should do, because we're in this together, is let somebody know Dan Lanning's coming on the show at 420. Think about that person in your contacts that would care, and just shoot him a text, tune into 750 The Game in Portland, 420, or Fox Sports Eugene if you're in Eugene at 420, or if you're in Klamath Falls, 960 AM at 420, or if you're in Roseburg. Um, you know, you've got uh, uh, you, you got an opportunity uh, as well to uh, play, be part of the promotional team. You know, get on board. Uh, if you are in Roseburg, it's at 1490 The Score, Douglas County. Uh, but good stuff. 
from uh, from Adam Jude last uh, segment. Stephen, I want to unpack it a little bit. What do you make of the Pete Carroll firing and the rumor that Kalen DeBoer is up for this Nick Saban uh, succession? Well, it's interesting because it, you know, yesterday when Saban retires, the talk initially goes just goes to like Dan Lanning, right? And we and the Pete Carroll stuff had come out before, and we thought, well, maybe DeBoer to uh, Seattle, to the Seahawks, like that'd make a lot of sense if he wants to go there. And now it seems like DeBoer to Alabama seems like the number one option for Kalen DeBoer. But at the same time, I mean, I, am I crazy to think that he has a really good thing going at Washington? Like, you know, he, he's won there the last two seasons, even when he hasn't had the best talent in the world. He's still getting his guys. He still wants his program. He's building it out. Uh, the fans love him up there. It's a good program that is backed by a lot of money. It's in the Big Ten. I, I, I don't know. I You know, I know it's Alabama, but at the same time, I think DeBoer has a pretty good thing going at, at Washington. Why would he want to necessarily leave a spot like that where maybe the pressure is going to be off him a little bit, like you just said with Alabama, and go to Alabama where you know it's got to be win-win-win every single season? I think succeeding Nick Saban is problematic for anyone. Whoever takes that job is essentially Frank Sinatra Jr., or as the longtime booster at Oregon um told me it's like following tiger woods to the first tee like you know your knees are knocking good luck um love to love to see how you do there um i i think that DeBoer's interesting because his ad is gone jen cohen has gone to usc um it's interesting to kind of watch the nil collective it's not as powerful as oregon's i do think washington's going to have a more difficult time in the big 10 than oregon making the transition that said, he does have a good thing going in Seattle. His daughter is going to play softball at the University of Washington. You know, it, does his daughter get a softball scholarship to Alabama? Is that part of the deal? I don't know, but, you know, he told me in the summer he's really looking forward to watching his kid play and being the coach at Washington, and this is what coaches say, and then they go and they take a job somewhere else. But, you know, it's, um, it's uh, really interesting to kind of watch what's your what's your thought on like having to keep it you know be a washington guy or alabama guy you know because you look at the seahawks uh you know dan quinn one of those guys who he's a seahawks guy uh you know came you know came with pete carroll earlier in his career keeping the same is that really valuable you think in sports or is it okay to reach outside of the quote-unquote family because even dan landing you know he has ties to alabama i feel like it's a little overblown that it has to be like you know an alabama guy or a washington guy or seattle guy I don't know. I, it, I'm i watching – I'm just thinking in general about the market in Seattle right now. How if Imagine being a Seahawk fan and a Husky fan and what your world is feeling like right now. It's enough to deal with one. And, you know, the, the uncertainty and the ground that shakes when a coach, you know, a regime changes. They're dealing with two. And, you know, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen there, but we're going to track it. And Dan Lanning in the next hour. We interrupt this broadcast with a special announcement from the Bald Face hey, Sorry Truth. to interrupt the podcast, but if you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.